Welcome everybody to another episode of Float Your Boat. Float I'm George Sabados. And, and I'm you? Brett Pattinson. I'm happy to be back with Brett Pattinson. We've been away for a little bit, but now we're here. At least temporarily. Temporarily. So who do we have on today, Brett? Today we have Marion. <laughs> I'm going to stuff this <laughs> oh up, God. I know. Miriam. Miriam Heikman. Yes. And what is she famous for? She is famous for being a, a traveller, actually, and a writer. Mm. and foremost now a poet. And a bit of a storyteller. And I think she teaches poetry and I think she also does poetry um, events. I remember back to the mid-90s when I was, when I was doing uh, English literature at uh, New South Wales University as an evening course. I just thought I'd do something. Did you do poetry? I did poetry, Have you uh, but there were there were there were pundits in the uh, in the crowd. Like there were other students who said, "Well, why do we have to do this? Poetry's dead." So she uh, flies in the face of uh, she does of of. Have that. you got a? Did you ever write a poem? I saw a poem on a toilet door once. It was, "Oh, darling Grace, I love your face. I love you in your nighty. When the moonlight flits across your tits, oh Jesus Christ, I mighty." <laughs> Is that politically correct? <laughs> Anything on the back of a toilet door is not politically correct. Or, 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 or the whole, or, or, or that one now. where it says... Or call, call Brett now. <laughs> or the whole. Oh, it was, it was that kind of <laughs> public toilet. It was up near where you live, George, up near the, up near the Darlinghurst oh, Wall. Let's, let's, not, let's not delve too deeply into your dark past. No. Okay, let's continue. Okay, so Miriam's here today and um, we're excited to have her in. Um, she's going to talk to us about what she's doing and what she's done in the past. She also uh, did an amazing um, project on the Holocaust which I'd like to talk to her about. Yes. And, uh, and amongst other things. So let's get her into the studio and find out all about Miriam. <laughs> Heitman. And how did Donnie say that it would be? You've got to, you got to, yes, you've got to, yes, like you're, like you're spitting. Heitman. That's it. Close, close, close. Okay. Well, but Donnie's going to perfect it. Yep. Hopefully. All right. Let's get her in. Okay. Welcome to the Float Your Boat podcast about how everyday people created their road to success. The highs, the lows, pitfalls and potholes and how they overcame it all. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to our studio, Miriam. Thank you for having me. Hi, Miriam. Uh, and, and thank you for the 10-minute preamble that none of our listeners are going to be listening to, or unless we've, unless Donnie was recording. And there's gold no, in was, there. He, were you recording? No, he wasn't no, recording. He wasn't. There was gold there, but unfortunately it's gone. Okay. Let's Donnie, see if we can recover it. So apparently Donnie's had some sort of weird relationship with Miriam. <laughs> I do. Yes, only, only an online through one. the Poetica, it sounds like a, like a, like a skin cream. Um, Does but, it? Or poetica, wasn't going hermetica. For no. It's the Latin for poetry. Miriam. Yes. Tell us about your life. You can, you've got two <laughs> minutes, all right? No, start. <laughs> Before he takes over and starts telling everyone about himself again. About my vaccination story. <laughs> Ouch. Um, where were you born? Melbourne. Melbourne? In Bethlehem Hospital. Really? <laughs> Which I like to say, Yeah. We're in, we're in the presence of greatness, George. Yes. Where, where, where's Bethlehem Hospital? Yeah, you know where the, now star it's is? the star was following, isn't that? A nice Jewish girl born in Bethlehem Hospital. Frankincense and myrrh. <clears throat> there was a lot of that being burnt at the time. Uh, but, but how long, well, I won't ask how so long So I grew up in Melbourne. You, I'm yes, a Melbourne girl. Yes, but, but okay, so you're now in Sydney. But yeah. obviously your travels have taken you to Sydney. For, was it work-related or? Family. Family-related. So okay. when I was 17, my parents moved here um, and I finished my, it was VCE then, I think it is now, I'm not sure, uh, finished that 
in Melbourne, came up to Sydney, didn't really like it, <laughs> went... Um, Spoken like a true Melbourneian. That's right. Didn't really like it, didn't really get it. I went to uni for one semester, made some really good friends, still my friends, so that was a good, good thing. <laughs> and then um, went overseas, um, went to Israel and then came back and decided I'm not staying in Sydney, I'm going to Melbourne to do my degree at RMIT. What you mean you went to Israel, right? So I'm assuming you went to a kibbutz? Yes. So after that experience, Sydney couldn't have seemed that bad, <laughs> surely. <laughs> I love the kibbutz. <laughs> no, I loved it. No, I think I was not ready to... Also, I got into a really good degree in Melbourne. You know, I was in the city at RMIT, it was media, I was excited and uh, did not want to be here, so... <laughs> so you went... So you, so you stayed in Melbourne? Yeah. And then what? After my degree, after your degree, I finished my degree in my final year of my degree. I had a boyfriend in Sydney, so I would come up all the time. Oh, oh those relationships never worked. It didn't. It worked while we were uh, living in different cities. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they work. That's right. And That's then, how I, your and then I did works, move. And That's then right. I did move back. I live in the separate house. All oh, right. To my wife. It's That's called the dog house. <laughs> That's, that can work. That's, well, you know, I, I've shared this, this uh, theory that I have that yeah. when we go to the altar to be married, there should be a little clause inserted in the marriage vows which says that, like you, a cannot, suppository. that you cannot... <laughs> like a suppository. That you cannot live together. You can live next door to each other, down the street from each other, but not together. And I think relationships would last Well, a you know, longer. Frida Kahlo and Diego and also... <laughs> Uh, there's, you know, I don't know if you've heard of Osho, who's a mm, big have, Indian yeah. guru, right? Yeah. So he was very much of have separate rooms, have your own space, you know. I agree. But Osho came undone in the end, didn't he, really? Yeah, well. Unfortunately. We could spend the whole hour talking. <laughs> Did you watch the series, yeah, actually? Yeah. That was awful. What are you talking about? That's, that was incredible. Watch yes. that doco okay. on Netflix. Okay. Wild Wild West. You Wild haven't Wild. seen that? Oh, oh, you've oh seen yes, that. I've seen that one. That's yes. Osho. Okay. Anyway, let's not talk about our show. That's okay. Now. Uh, okay, so you, I came back to Sydney you, for the boyfriend. And? Broke up. And then back to Melbourne. <laughs> no, no, and I stayed. I worked at Tropfest was my first job. Tropfest? <laughs> yes. Right. Wow. Yeah, but when you, they first moved to the domain actually. It was the first year in the domain. That was very early in the piece, like, mm, you know, after the fifth or sixth year. <laughs> that's yeah? how hard you are. <laughs> Right. 99. Well, you hide the greys very well. There's no greys. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> but but you, so you've, you've obviously had a passion for all things media. Yeah. Um, but more so um, since then you've delved into words. Yes. Like it's really yes. been your, your thing, right? Yeah, which I kind of fell upon to be perfectly honest. I mean if I look back historically I've always been writing poetry. You know, you dig up your diaries, you mm. look at cards you might have written or, and I was always into rhyme or poetry or and my dad's into poetry and my grandmother was into poetry. So it's not like it Just came followed. out of nowhere. Right. But then... Um, so would they often read their work to you? Like my when grandmother, you were a kid, yes. When you were a kid, she yeah, would read? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how did you respond to those moments? I loved moments? it. I mean, I love Dr Seuss, you know. It goes as far back as that, you know. Yeah, like, right. I mean, yeah. I definitely like the rhythm. For me, it's about the rhythm and then the words and then the emotion, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, my dad, you know, gave me my first book of Leonard Cohen poetry when I was 18 and that was huge. We won't know. hold that against him. <gasps> you don't like Leonard Cohen? I don't mind him. No, I, oh, do. I might have to leave. I like them. But, but, you know, that's, uh, but that, that leads me to ask the next, I mean, this question and that is if you're an uh, exceptional poet, could you possibly be a good songwriter? I would think so. Yeah. Songwriter, maybe not singer. Not not singer, no, yeah, songwriter. songwriter. Uh, yeah, yeah, because most song, you know. Well, Leonard started in poetry, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. didn't end up that way, but he so did, there's yeah. something for you to think about. Oh, I do sing actually, so not not sing, but uh, oh, you so so you do oh, slam. Po- one day, one day, I'd love to do it all. <laughs> going going back to Leonard Cohen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did no. you know? <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. You know, now I've got a tribute for you know him coming che- up. The, you, have you heard of the Chelsea Hotel in yeah, New York? Yeah. So Leonard Patty Cohen Smith. lived there yeah. quite for a long time. He slept with Janice Joplin. I know. That's that's oh, the Chelsea know. Hotel song. That was, was he looking? They what, just woke up. Happened that's, to, I think. No, I think I think they, they woke up. Their, 
I think they're off their chops, but you know. But so there was no no hard proof. I think everyone great. Oh, there was the a Chelsea. hard proof at the start, but it ended up a bit a bit floppy and wishy washy. And, and a great song. And a great song. What yeah. was the song? Chelsea Hotel. I remember you well in the Chelsea Hotel. You were talking so brave and so sweet. And, oh. <laughs> and also recently I went to the that Spiegel tent. Oh, yeah. And they had a lady that did all Leonard Cohen stuff. Who and that? Um, she, I thought it was all about David Bowie but it ended up <laughs> being more about Leonard Cohen than oh. it did David Bowie. And I can't remember her name but she was from New York, spoken word stuff. Really? She was quite amazing. You have to message me later. I who even that is. dealt with the Leonard Cohen stuff. So I'm having a Leonard Cohen tribute on July 31st. At, no, it's, it's, yeah. okay to, it's okay to plug it. Where? Where? <laughs> at Bondi Bolo. So that's where on I host Poeta Canal. What date? Wednesday, July 31st. <clears throat> okay. So, yeah, so Mark it's part of a Poetica night, but we just did a tribute to another poet, um, Mary Oliver. I'm not sure if you've heard of her. She passed away. Yeah, she was in her 80s. She just passed away. She's a contemporary American poet. And then um, I've wanted to do a Leonard Cohen night for a very, very long time. (laughs) And now I've got the community. So, yeah. I was just telling Brett Brett earlier uh, before you arrived that um, in the mid-90s I I did a short course, a short evening course at at New South Wales University on English literature and I remember, I remember when it came round to poetry there were a a few kids in the class, I mean I was a lot older, I was about eight years older than everyone else, uh, who said, oh, what do we have to learn poetry? I mean poetry's dead. Like Mm. no one needs to, no one does that anymore. But that's not true, is it? No. So tell us, <laughs> tell us about how things are progressing. I mean, earlier you said that it's the, the slam poetry things are really big. Yeah. Tell us. So, uh, I mean, I, the whole poetry scene I am still getting to know but now that I host my own poetry night I know now what's really going on. I mean, like, so Bankstown is a poetry slam. So there's kind of a difference. I don't have a competition <laughs> on my night where, you know, people are like judging and it's like a slam slam, you know, and people get up and my night's a bit more you can get up, read your poem, you can slam. So slam's more with so, the rhythm and the so, performance. Yeah, so, so tell people what that is. Well, my understanding, and this is don't go look this up or maybe do, um, is slam is more about the performance of the poem and how you project and how you, you know, deliver the poem, whereas a poetry reading can just be with your book or your phone right. and you're just reading your poem and that's fine. And so at Poetica we have anything really. As long as it's original work and under three minutes you can... So I, I wouldn't say I'm a slam poet, but I can slam. You know, I've written a, a couple of poems that are they're generally longer, you know, and they've got something to say. There's something that needs to be expressed and, yeah. Yeah. First it was your phone, then it was now it's <laughs> As long as it's not I was, I, look, I, 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 look, you know, when I, slam poetry, it was completely new to me. I saw that uh, remake of 21 Jump Street with Jonah Hill, that scene where he does that right. and I thought, what the hell is that? But it seems is like... that rap? Yeah, but it seems like it has to be set to some kind of music, right? Yes, is, so not. Is, no. No. Actually, no. there's no music. And I think that's the kind of, um, you know, yeah, one thing that defines slam is the rhythm, you know, and so you don't have music. It's the rhythm of the actual words, what words you're using, are they rhyming, how is it coming out, da 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 da, da like that. So where did, it, where did that come from? Did it come from rap? No idea. Probably. Like did it come from the sort of that ghetto type? I don't know because, you know, even if you look at, <laughs> I don't want to compare it to Shakespeare, but there is a performance, you know, mm. or Chaucer or there is a performance to poetry if you want there to be. You know, poetry mm. is open to just sitting in your room by yourself and reading it and having your own relationship with the poem or it can be completely expressed and and you can use music, you know. I've got there's a friend of mine who's a poet. He's looking, he's looking for someone to do some jazz with his poetry performance, which I think will be phenomenal. And 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 there mm. can be poetry where there is no rhythm and there yes. is no rhyme. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Which 
seems like free-forming and kind of like disjointed to me. But yeah, and very abstract. No one might understand a word of what the person, right. you know, it's a very personal so thing. So you've, you've had those experiences, experiences at your poetic yeah, night. Yeah, like I think most of them aren't too abstract. I think right. most of them are definitely understood and there's a resonance, you know. So but do you have a favourite poem? Do I? Mm. Well, so I just did the Mary Oliver tribute and... Um, I love Mary Oliver. Right. I mean, I sobbed when she died, <laughs> which I only I don't cry for that many famous people dying, but for mm. Mary Oliver and Leonard Cohen, mm. I did. Everybody <laughs> cried for Leonard Cohen with joy. <laughs> <laughs> that is really that's really hard. Did you I'm see joking. him live? Did I'm you just, see him I'm live? I'm just joking. Yeah, I have. Yeah. You did. And, and he's did that change you when? Because my husband was not into Leonard Cohen, and then we had a spare ticket to the live until he heard in the vineyard. When I when I woke up about halfway through the show. <laughs> <laughs> Did they play that song at his funeral? I wonder. I doubt it. No, I don't think hallelujah. so. Hallelujah. That was a great song. I don't think so. It's great. It's I mean, still a great seriously. song. I've actually barred that one from being <laughs> That's being one song that I do sob when <laughs> if I've had a few beers, there's two songs that I cannot play and that's that one and Nick Cave's um, oh, God, Into, my Into My Arms. That, those two. My wife says, do not. I know what you're going to do. Why? You've had a few you beers. You sob. Do not. I, 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 Into I, My Arms. Yeah. Oh. Very sob. You turn to mush. I do. What's the other one in your case? In fact, it's it's on my list of on my funeral. It's on my list. I don't know if you have list, but I have have lists of music. But I'll be sure to um, uh, make note of that when I'm there. Well, do you know what song you want when you're dead? No, No, you haven't thought about it, have you? Have you? I've thought about it. You have. Mm. So I went to a funeral once, which was a very. I mean, all funerals are sad, but this mm. was particularly sad. Someone young, and they played "Perfect Day." I mean, I can never hear that song again the same. I was just thinking when you said that uh, you know, ever since Luke died, you've you've been teary, you get teary eyed mm. with with um, certain song, musics, music, uh, mu- music, and, yeah. and scenes out of movies, and it certainly uh, happened to me after my dad died. What moves you? To tears, is oh, it? Oh, Lana uh, Cohen for sure, <laughs> and <yeah>. Mary Oliver. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> okay. I mean, lots of things. I mean, music for sure. I mean, I can hear. I mean, <laughs> I was cleaning the house recently, and I uh, had Vivaldi Four Seasons on, and I. <laughs> I mean, I had it on really loud. I'm cleaning the floor. Were you having a bad week? Or yeah, something? I don't know, but it all it may be. I think it was a, a bit of a crescendo, and I was literally sobbing. You know, well, I, so, I just yeah. heard so, the, the little ballerinas out here in the thing, and they oh. had the Nutcracker oh, Suite on. And because when I was a kid, that's one piece of music that I still. It doesn't make me teary, but it, it has this emotional effect yeah. on me from. It was the first thing I'd seen in oh. the cinema, I think. Yeah, was, like uh, E.T. That's yeah. for me. If I hear yeah. the music from E.T., I started phone, watching it with my daughter. Home, home, and I was like, oh, well, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, most, uh, Miriam, most people, most people that, uh, uh, who are poets and love poetry, they're very, well, I wouldn't say morose. They're, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I am they're, considered one of the most joyful say, people. No, no, they're deep thinkers, right? And they yeah, yeah. they delve deeply yeah. into that. And, and, and the weight and the weight of the world sits heavily on them. And and they, you know, like everything is a like a Greek tragedy. It's like <laughs> no. a, a slow unfolding saying, Greek tragedy. Yeah. I mean, that's why. I mean, let's face it. That's why a lot of poets were depressed. And I mean, I I think of um, James Joyce. Yeah. Like he was. I completely like morose and and suffered from depression and a lot of great poets of Eastern Europe they they were chronically depressed but mm. they were deep thinkers you know they 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 wept for the world they wept for the and, world and yes. the point being the point is are it. you that you're not you <laughs> well don't no me so as that no kind of no person. so I think. I don't know if you know the Enneagram. Do you know the Enneagram? The nine personalities? Right. So I'm what you'd call a number four, right? The tragic romantic. And I would say that that's probably, yes, that's who I am, but I'm like, what is it? Whose phone is it? It's not mine. (laughs) You're a very important person today, Today, John. Today I am. Today I am. And that's from my wife. Uh oh. Uh -oh. Do you need it? Should I, yeah. should we just, so <coughs> hold that thought. I'll hold it. I'm going to no, make I it can, a better thought. I can keep on going, George, and you can, no, no, don't no, worry no, about no, the no, 5,000 no, no, listeners no, we've no, got no, out I'm, there. I'm actually going to, sorry, um, call me ASAP. No, call. Yeah, yeah. You must the dog's, call. the dog's lost its toy. So, 
So we're just going to put this on hold. So, because you know so how Miriam, no, wait, 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 wait. let's put some thinking music on now while we wait. Da, 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 da. Getting back to the heaviness oh, of right. the world yeah. on oh, I poets. All about the heaviness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The heaviness of the world being on the shoulders so of poets. So I don't really look at you... it that way. The same way I wouldn't describe Leonard Cohen in that way. I just think. Oh, he was heavy. He was like, uh, you know. I mean, he, he just. I think he brings a lot of joy because people relate and people are looking for. You know, not. I don't know. I ha- <laughs> Misery needs a friend. I don't think that applies here. But I do think people are looking for someone to hear them and, you know, be in that space with them. And, yeah, I, that's, yeah, I, see, I don't find Leonard Cohen depressing. You know, I find something can be sad but I don't think it's depressing and I think there's a very big difference. So I find the same with, you know, if I cry reading a poem or hearing a song or I'm quite happy for that moment. I'm not depressed mm. by it. You know, for me that is not depression. Depression is cold and grey and on your own and, you know, this is not. This is an experience that is an outlet. So, so um, let's, that. Let's, yeah, let's, let's just okay. go. So, um, I've taken so that. We've, we've spent about 45 minutes on, on that. Now let's go back to you okay. because that's what this interview is about. We're talking about. I've been asking her the questions. You've been talking about yourself and your love, your, your hate for Leonard Cohen. I so let's ha- just. No, I don't hate. Oh, for yeah, you dislike. Better, you dislike. Know. Hate's a bit. Hate. Hate's a strong word. Hate's a strong word, and I don't. I hate Peter Garrett. I don't, <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't hate, hate Peter, Peter Garrett, Garrett oh, like God. like I, I'm Jay, a very deep. Hey, he could be him. listening. Just don't. It's so true. Peter Garrett only listens to one thing and that's his own bloody voice. Well, we know Leonard might be listening. Anyway, uh, poor Leonard. Hey, Leonard. <laughs> How you doing? Let's, Yo, get, back, bro. let's get back to, um, no, let's let's get back back to Miriam. You. You, okay. finished, sure. uh, you finished university. Yeah, I finished university, you, you first job at You started travelling, you went to the kibbutz, yeah. you know, you started at Tropfest and, went, and then what? And then I left Tropfest. <laughs> no, no money in it. Okay, let's get back no to money poetry. In it. <laughs> No, no, I left. It was I wasn't going anywhere in the place. Oh, so no kidding. I just it hasn't gone anywhere, has it? No, but I personally <laughs> wasn't really going anywhere. So it was like, you know, okay, next thing. So the next thing, which really was a big life-changing thing for me, was um, I responded to, and well, my mum told me to, but I responded to an ad in the Jewish news. I'm Jewish. There was a... Really? Yeah. <laughs> what? I'm what do you mean? Shocked. You mean people still read that old rag, like a like a, I'm surprised oh, that the, 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 okay, the Greek newspapers still exist. This is twenty years ago. Yeah, okay, that's ago. different. That's right, pre-internet. Um, and there was an ad. Uh, U.S. producer looking for Holocaust survivors for a documentary. Oh no, no, sorry. U.S. producer looking for you can edit that, please. <laughs> U.S. producer looking for. I think it was Holocaust. Anyway, there's an ad there, clearly not looking for me. But clearly, <laughs> but you got the job anyway. <laughs> but, no, but my mum said, Miriam, because I wasn't really doing anything. I'd finished a trot first. It was kind of like, what's next? You know, I'd done my media degree, film and TV. My mum's like, well, why don't you just contact and see if you can help out on this documentary? So I have my, all my grandparents are Holocaust survivors. My father was born in a DP camp in Germany. That is my background, big time. So my mum was like, well, why don't you check it out? So I wrote to the producer, just email, and this is early days of email, like Fastnet or something. It was shocking. Wrote to him and said, um, you know, I'm a grad student. I've just finished my media degree. I'm a grandchild of Holocaust survivors. Can I, you know, maybe help you on the week that you're in Sydney? I know Sydney really. And I can, you know, I'll do anything really, you know. And he said, well, let's meet when we get there. So this this was Chris. His name's Chris Ward. And they were profiling a Holocaust survivor in Sydney who had forged documents during the war and saved a lot of lives, basically. And he lived in Sydney. He's now passed away. Um, And so I met Chris and his, the cinematographer was Bill and the sound guy was Steve. And I met them and, of course, they said, okay, you can help. You're not a crazy... Who are you? I mean, you know, they're American as well, so... You didn't tell them at this point that you liked Leonard Cohen. Uh, right? Well, 
Actually, it's funny you say that because I did make them listen to a lot of the music I like on all our car journeys. Yeah, and then they definitely thought you were crazy. <laughs> yeah, no. So anyway, we, I'm still friends with all of these men. Yeah. Um, and um, so that took me that little week in Sydney of just saying, hi, I'll help out. I was then offered to come to Israel to work on the documentary there and then I went after that, you know, during all this there is like just my normal life but this is the little chapters and then that took me to New York when I was 24 to work every, in a post-production company. And every girl loves New York. Oh, my God. So in that, I'm that, not in the, in the travels yeah. doing the docker, did you interview the um, husband and wife in Melbourne that the, – the, about the tattooist. I just read the book recently. No. So this was oh. strictly about one person. Because they were in Melbourne. And his story. And right. it was him. We, and he had a friend during the war, his best friend who lived in Israel, which is what took us to Israel. So right. it was Marianne okay. and Yannick. We interviewed both of them. But in America, we interviewed someone who collects war memorial, war memorabilia. <laughs> and uh, that was really interesting. That was, yeah. Wow. Was, Interesting yeah. because... Strange to co- collect all that stuff, I think. I mean, great, you know. It was, like, it's what, history. What I mean, just stuff? war like, don't artifacts. Don't just say stuff and then So he stop. had someone's passport or he had, like, just, right. you know. Oh, you know, personal effects, mm. not... Not helmets and bullets and rifles, had that as well. teeth and. But you're talking about you're talking about the personal effects that came off yeah. people, victims. And I think we talked. Oh, wow, long that's ago. weird. Yeah, I mean, not, I don't want to say weird because you know it's in, it well, is that's interesting, different. right? It's, it's different. Different. Mm. So anyway, it was real. That was a really interesting interview with that man. Um, that was in the film. So then that film was on Showtime and got picked up by ABC here. And I, and that, by the end of me doing like helping out and doing anything including, you know, anything, gaffer tape, I got an associate producer credit at the end, which was huge and I'm very grateful to Chris for giving me that whole entry into film. I mean, it was, was awesome. That's <laughs> it was, amazing. That's it awesome. Was. And then I got to live in New York and work in New York and get paid cash and never get a green card. So it was awesome. <laughs> you got a green card? <laughs> I didn't. Oh, I was just going to say in the lottery. Were you, I mean, I remember, I remember you, going to Canada once and then coming back in were. and the security. It was this pre-9-11. All right. So I lived in New York literally just before 9-11 and then six weeks after 9-11. Right. So and the difference was? Um, people were nicer, I have to say. Really? I so think everything I think changed New York is, in that Yeah, yeah. Short. I think New York is the friendliest place. I love New York, my favourite city. I think after 9-11 people were even nicer. I mean it just became more of a community in Manhattan and... Um, yeah, I mean, there were some dark things like the smell of death, which mm. is rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, six weeks after. So it was still full on. But, um, yeah, New York will always... I mean, that was a real testament to New York. It will always <laughs> be New York. It was like if they can survive that and still, you know, keep their heart and their... You know, it was it's an amazing city. It is an amazing city. Yeah. So... There are T-shirts, you know. I love New York. With the heart. <laughs> yeah. They've got those for you now, George. Yeah. I, I love heart George. I heart Darlow. I have one of those shirts. Do you? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh, they, they're copied all around the world right, now, but right? It did so start they started in New York, there. Right? Started in New York. <laughs> but you know, the, the, for our listeners, the name of that that program. Do- oh, so the documentary was Outwitting Hitler. Outwitting Hitler. Yeah. So, and it's still on ABC, I think. No, so the fellow that actually forged all the documents mm. to help people, you know, assume a false identity and, and take off, yeah. um, was that turned into a feature movie as well? No. Eventually? No. I think Chris actually still has the rights for that. No, right. it wasn't. There's other films about it. And, mm. I mean, funnily enough, <gasps> as I'm telling my grandmother about this, she goes, oh, yeah, I used to do that in the convent. And I was like... What? <laughs> so it really, I mean, you know, the more you delve into things and then you share them with people that you think you know everything about. It seems like out. that. Well, that's how we started Float Your Boat. Oh, right. Well, it was about like when we talked about this today about um, why we did it was to, to interview people, ordinary people that have got extraordinary mm, stories, yeah. right? And um, I, it came from a, a thing in America 
in New York called StoryCorp. StoryCorp. Oh, right? yeah. It's so awesome. that's how this sort of came oh, about. Oh, yes. I love StoryCorp. Yeah. You know, so that was because we thought, well, well, maybe we could interview people like George's mum and then you've got a keepsake of your mother for yes. forever, right? Because right. once it's on digital, you can mm. have it forever. Forever. So, but unfortunately we've decided that you're our last, second last interview. But I found you another studio. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. It's great. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But you know, like so, uh, we're back. Forging, <laughs> forging, forging documents. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to get yeah, back yeah. to the practicalities. Okay, of forging documents in the old days, it seemed like it must have been relatively easy, easier than well, what he we was have. An, he was an artist. Right, yeah, because but the way they constructed a passport, for example, yeah, was, was a physical photo that's right. put in a book, yes. no lamination. And that's you know, how he was able to do it. Right, yeah. whereas these days it's, oh, no. it's almost impossible, it's right? Like, you can't forge a, a driver's licence. I mean, in my day hmm. we had paper licences. I could easily walk into a nightclub at the age of 15, 16 that's and right. pretend I'd puff out my chest and pretend I was 18. And, and it was easy to, like, <laughs> scratch out some of the digits and yeah. pretend... So forging back then, I guess if you were reasonably well-skilled, you could actually create quite a lot of documents, yeah, right? Yeah, I think also a lot of it was <laughs> bravery, really. I mean, you are risking your life, that's mm. it, for other people and many times strangers, you know. He you was wouldn't just know risking if they were informers or not. That's right, yeah. you know. And he, that, I mean, if you, Incredible you see story. the documentary, there's also, it's based on a book and, I mean, there are crazy scenes there. I mean, look, every Holocaust story has got a crazy scene. Yes, yes. Mm. So, yeah. you know. And then you, I mean, obviously it's very hard to top that. So what did you, <laughs> well, well, oh, I came of. back to Sydney. It's been downhill since <laughs> It's been downhill. That's why the New poetry York, thing. Oh, no, New will, York working I, for no, cash. No, so, get, can't get better than that. No, no, so I will top it. Even though this doco never got made, really the fun's in the making of the doco. <laughs> right, right. So the next doco with the same guy. So I also worked with these three men who were just really good guys. You know, when all that Me Too stuff came out and I, I remember I wrote to Chris and I said, Thank you, guys, because you were three awesome guys to work with. I never once dealt with anything, nothing. And, you know, in production, whatever, it, things can happen. Mm. <laughs> but, um, no, it was an amazing experience. Anyway, what do you so mean then, in production things can happen? Well, well, you know. Any, any, I think any industry can happen, okay? Yeah, and my right, experience right. was only in production. So, anyway. I'm so naive. So, anyway. <laughs> so then we went, um, so then Chris said to me, there's a story in L.A. about a gay cop who came out after the, oh, my God, now I've forgotten the name. Rodney cops. King. The Rodney King riots. Thank mm. you. The Rodney King riots. We are going to do her story. Right. So this was all shot in LA and this was shot, I spent a month driving around with the LAPD. <laughs> With her, uh, for real, you know, this was me and cops. That's (laughs) that's 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 pizza for lunch at the cop place. You know, it was very unusual to find a female copper. That's (laughs) and I and (laughs) no, that's well. That's what. No, who's gay? (laughs) Well, no. So for the LAPD, it was really. It was huge. Yes, it was a huge deal that she'd come out. It was massive because they were renowned for being quite homophobic. As an organisation. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, well, I thought they were quite progressive. Well, maybe that. now. Yeah. Anyway, so I spent a month driving around with them and I'm, I think I was 25 at this point, completely naive, you know, just would never... I mean, maybe I'd do it now but not as a mother, maybe with, if I wasn't a mother. But um, so there we are driving around and I'll just share one hilarious story. That, um, um, so we're out one night. This is me in the back seat with a camera drinking Coke all night to stay awake because it's just the hardest shifts. I don't know how they do it and, and actually do their jobs. But um, driving around and we get a call in. We're looking for a green car. We think there's someone hiding in a car who's killed someone. So that's it. We're on the look for the green car, right? So we're driving around. I am like, you know, peeled. I am going to find that green car and then I see a green car. And so they call in and they get like, they get the whole, I don't know what you call it, the whole team of cops. I mean, a whole lot of cops come in. We have to stand in single file. It is super serious. Am I wearing protection? Absolutely not. And we're going to go check out this green car. And then as we're standing there, Bill, the cinematographer, (laughs) says to me, Miriam, you sure you saw that green car? And (laughs) that's the only moment where I realised... Oh my God, did I see the green car? <laughs> and all this stuff is organised. I mean, they have pulled in everything, right? Anyway, it was a green car. 
no one hiding in it. But anyway, <laughs> it was just one of those moments like, oh, my God. But it was, it was fun and crazy and I never want to do it again really. I mean, it was full on, full on. Yeah. I had no idea what I was in for. What, what, what happened after that? Like it's, so it's, it's after so that, you... look, the thing with docos is the funding and who's going to screen it and rah, 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 and basically it just didn't come together and, um, yeah, just it's just on a cutting floor somewhere really. Yeah, it's so, um, <laughs> so from your experience then that would happen a lot, right? Yeah. That a lot of stuff just ends up. Being shelved. I mean, a lot of my stuff's shelved as well. I mean, I've got lots of ideas. A lot of them are shelved. Really? (laughs) Yeah. So it's amazing that anything ever gets through because there's there's a maze to negotiate, isn't there? You've got to you've got to line up so many different factors. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. In production, it's hard. It's yeah. I mean, there's nothing romantic about (laughs) production. It's Mm. really hard, hard work, hard hours, and you never know if it's actually. You know, I mean, it's, I don't know. It might have changed these days. Right. Probably not, I don't think. Well, no. I so, haven't worked on anything like that for a long time. So so, so it, fast forward, so you left New York or were you, you going to go somewhere else? No, no. No, no, no I was going to say after you've shot the coming out moment, then what happened after that? Like, so then I, I was you? already sort of back in Sydney and then I met my husband. <laughs> That was it. Oh, that was it. Oh, listeners, Ta-da. if you, if only you saw the look on her face when she said that. Okay, so no, actually, what's that his name? What's his name? His name's Guy. And I think guy, he's a really nice guy. 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 If only you saw the look on her face, Guy. <laughs> no. Call me. I'll I tell was, you all about I, it. I had plans to move to Byron. You I can was get like, George's I'm phone just going to like leave Sydney. So still, I didn't like Sydney. Let's just say that. I just still did not want to be here. Oh, God, I can't think of a worse place than Byron then. You want to find Sydney people, go there. <laughs> so there I am and thinking I'm so I'm going thinking I'm going to Byron and then I meet Guy and, um, yeah, what was I even, I don't even know what work I was doing. I worked in, I still did work a bit in production. Where did I work? Beyond productions. Oh, no, and then. <laughs> this is quite a big deal, actually. So I meet Guy, which is really what keeps me in Sydney. We're like friends for six months with nothing, just like friends. Just and hanging out. Hanging out, but mm-hmm. very good friends. Right. And he's from Israel and I had quite a few boyfriends from Israel. And, um, and then, and then <laughs> I... Does he know that? He does. Oh, yeah, okay. And then we just literally fell in love. Like it was kind of like... In one week, our feelings just changed pretty much in the same week as well. So it was nice. What was Something the, happened. What, what was, what the, was the moment? Come on. I was going to say, what was the pivotal, pivotal moment? moment. He put I had his, a dream he put about his hand, him is the moment. He, he put his hand on your, no. on your, on your hand? No. No, 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 no. No, she had a dream. You missed it. I had a dream. Know, which, you tell us the dream. Like Martin, like Martin dream Luther, <laughs> Like Martin Luther King, she had a dream. That's right. No, I'd never thought of him in a certain way and then I did. Oh, you had that kind yeah, of dream. I know what the, the boys wink, call that wink one. Dream. <laughs> no, I know what boys call that one. <laughs> anyway, I had a nice dream, and then yeah, luckily he felt the same way. Because he had dreams as well. That's great. Maybe. That dream Fantastic that you were talking guy. about. Fantastic guy. What a great story, guy. <laughs> guy, what so a guy. then I met guy. Okay, but then after that, what also kept me in Sydney was I. Um, so I've never been one to really apply for jobs and have interviews and do things traditionally. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I was looking for work. I was working, oh, my God, I was working at a dentist actually. I was doing reception for family, friends and their dentists, which was excellent. not my dream job. That's the and, whole tooth um, and nothing but the tooth. Oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> so then I wrote an email. I was doing, oh, I, did a, I started doing a writing course at UTS. I thought I'll go back to uni. That's what you do, right? You don't know what you're doing, you go back to uni, you think you're going to like... But you'd already done lots of that stuff at RMIT. Yeah, but then I thought I didn't do writing, I did TV and film, I'll go and do writing because, you know, you can learn to write better. Write write a book, da-da-da, that was the motive. So I did non-fiction writing, which was good. Anyway, met some friends, turns out one of those friends, I write this email to my friends, hi everyone, really casual, I'm looking for work, da-da-da-da-da. I send it to Susanna who happens to work at the AFR, the Financial Review. She sends it to the editor of Boss magazine. I get a call from Helen saying, oh, Miriam, Susanna's passed on your email. I'm like, what? Like, oh, my God, that very casual email. And she says, do you want to come in for an interview? I'm looking for an assistant. Or would you like to just start? So what do you think? I'll just start. 
That's right. Yeah. I don't really do it. That, that's a really funny way to acquire a job, either come in for an interview or just start. That's really bizarre. Who, is, who does that? It's actually a good way to do it, isn't it? It really, is. It is, it, it is, I guess. Well, how much time's wasted on interviews and you're not really yeah. yourself in an interview. And you never really know the person anyway, so you may as well just start and see how you go. And clearly I write very good emails. So. Clearly. <laughs> clearly. Clearly you were born to write. That's right. That's right. So, so that's when I the light bulb there. went off. So no, I just got a job there, which was hilarious because I have zero finance knowledge or background. I didn't do maths in year 12. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like and my family laughed. You're at the financial review. Mm. And Goes then, to show how, how expert they are. <laughs> well, don't say that. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, well, they got it a goes lot of things to show wrong over how the years. smart I am. No, no, no. It goes <laughs> to show how smart going. I am. <laughs> And the learning curve and how well I did. Of course. (laughs) No, so anyway, so I started working for Helen then I started working for the Finn Review magazine and then I said to Helen I want to write. I don't have a journalism degree. I'm not doing the cadetship. And she said, look, I'll introduce you to the editor of Special Reports, which is Mark Lawson. Very grateful to Mark because he really just gave me a go. And then I started writing for the Finn Review. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I just wonder it. what would be sensitive about the Greeks. Greeks. Yeah. The Greeks. What would? Our goats. Goats. Meh. And Can donkeys. Goats and donkeys. Really? Well, you know, yeah. they're, you know they're pretty they're famous they're... for their goat loving. No, 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 no. True Uh-oh. story. Here we go. <laughs> no, true story. My, my, cousin, my cousin is a magistrate in Greece and during the summer months the islands put all the court cases, all the cases on hold because it's the tourist season. So they don't want any bad press or, you know, anything written up about how bad the islands are. So in the winter months, all the, all the magistrates have to do a circuit of the islands to clear up all the backlog of cases. And he said, bestiality, oh, really? it's a big one. And he said, and I said, I said, no, that's not true. He said, oh yeah, a lot of it happens. I said, how did it who complains? The victim? <laughs> the <laughs> he wife. Said, he said no. He said family and friends and neighbours, they complain. I said, really? Um, just out of curiosity, what's the animal of choice? He said, well, donkey. Donkeys are the favourite all around the world. Really? You know, they, they are the most preferred animal all around the world. I thought, really? wow. So he had a he in the morning and a whore in the night. <laughs> editing well, that out. <laughs> <laughs> but that's... Hilarious, right? It's not hilarious. It's not funny, but it's... It's interesting. It's... Poor donkeys. <laughs> Poor donkeys. Poor donkeys. Anyway, let's get... We've, we've, I know. We've got to finish up because we're... No, no, we can we've talk... We've done about an hour and a half. Have so we? No, you've, an hour. You've really... Uh, you've, we can talk... Uh, I can tell we can have a conversation forever. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, continue. So, we've, so we're going to edit a lot out. So, so you got married... You've had children. Got two daughters. Two daughters that are going to. We don't have to say that. <laughs> school. They go to school. They're happy. You're They're happy. happy. Yes. And you're in this place now, and that's how this interview came about because somebody recommended that we interview you, but not the really. Wires were, no, <laughs> the, the actual wires were crossed. That's I right. thought that they were contacting me to get you on for an interview because you've got this amazing story, which it's true. Stories, but actually, what they what the the intention was was for us to have a chat about podcasting, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, really, because I'd like to start a podcast for Poetica. Yeah. So really, yeah. well, well, here's your launch moment. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so off you go. Pitch. Go on. Let's pitch. Let's pitch? have a pitch. Yeah. Why not? What do you yeah. mean? Well, just, just tell us all about what you want to do. And, yeah. and oh, okay. And, imagine and, and imagine how, where your target market and how people get through to you. Poetica. Mm. Yeah, because we, we want to help you and oh. the people that listen to us, there's a lot in this So can area. I tell you about Poetica? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. So Poetica is a night for wordsmithing. It is a poetry open mic night and it's in Bondi yep. because there is no open mic poetry night at in Bondi. At the Bolo? Is that yeah, where you Yeah, it's at Bondi it? Bolo. It started at Gertrude and Alice bookstore with my friend Jane who runs the shop who would be a great interview, by the way. And um, she, I wrote to her and asked her, let's do the night. She said, yes, short story, we grew out of the bookstore. It's very small. Mm. We, would, we were packed. We had people waiting. We had people, you know, it was, it was popular. Mm. So now we're at Bondi Bolo. It's once a month. We do um, get three minutes to read out your poem. <coughs> and we have a feature singer-songwriter as well. And... Um, 
Yeah, it's a great night. But what I'd like to do now is take it a bit further and do a podcast so we get to know a little bit about these feature poets right. and mm. their craft and what moves them and who inspires them and, you know. That's well, we could help great. you with that that's because, A, Donnie's now unemployed because this is our last podcast. <laughs> well, so last, he's looking for last one for now. Mm. And, yeah. and, I could, and I like to edit. I do. But, but but that's actually you do. Mm. Oh, that's good. And that's actually a great thing. I mean, how many people do you get to these poetica nights? So we're roughly? growing. So let's just say next Wednesday, I've sold already fifty tickets for that, and wow. I'll sell quite a few more. And that's that's there will be. It's just growing every week, pretty much every month, pretty so much. So poetry is alive and well. It's oh, like it's really it's, it's surprising me. Yeah. So I think once you know that, and once you go to an event and you see what happens, you'll get it. Because so how many people get up? On a, so on at least 20. Oh, and really? they've got three minutes each. Mm. Okay. So back at RMIT, I meet Ella on day one of cinema studies. We, like, it's a, a love affair really, you know. We're just very good friends. It was love at first sight and we're friends. We, this is a platonic thing, by the way. And we, um, we've been friends and then um, about f- four years ago, our friendship is really on the rocks. It's not going well. We know SMSs are not working, conversations not working. It's just not working. She's in Melbourne still. I'm in Sydney. I've got two little kids. It's just not working. So Ella suggests that we send each other people's poems or song lyrics that we love. So there's a bit of Bob Dylan in there. There's a bit of Dylan Thomas in there. And we do this back and forth. Mm-hmm. And that's going well. You know, nothing else, just that, just the other people's words. And then I'm listening to an interview with Mary Oliver <laughs> And I am thinking, we have to write our own poetry. And then I remembered how at university we had written our own poetry and showed it to each other, which is a big deal when you're like 19, 20, you know, showing your poetry. Anyway, (laughs) so then we agree and I said, so we agree that we're going to write four lines of poetry. Every Sunday night one of us has to send to the other. And we do this for a little while um, and it... It's good. I mean, it's just a way of communicating really differently and it's a commitment and it's a showing up to this friendship, you know, without discussing all the shit that we can't get through. (laughs) Anyway, again, long story short, we get on Instagram because there's a lot of poets. So that's another thing about the poetry scene. There's (coughs) a massive scene on Instagram. Again, a really good community. It's amazing, amazing. It works well with Instagram, one shot, you know, you can use photography. Um, anyway, so we go on Instagram and slowly we've been growing a following there and we, um, we've been on radio, we've done Valentine's Day projects, we've done a few little things with Four Lines and now we're working on a book. And it not only rescued our friendship, and it did rescue our friendship, I have to say that completely bluntly, it did, um, it also got us back into poetry. So Wow. And then, so, yeah. So... To wrap everything up yeah. back into a nice yes. bow, tell us where everybody can get in touch with you. So okay, so I'm on Facebook, yeah. Poetica Bondi, Instagram, Poetica Bondi, yep. um, and that's probably it for now really. Or you can email me, poeticabondi at gmail.com. I'm working on a website. Like it need, it's going to grow, you know, I think the podcast will... Be good for that. And the nights are just getting bigger. Come down to Bondi Bolo, you know, even that's on their website as well. Come yeah. down to Bondi Bolo if you want to save your relationship with someone. <laughs> <laughs> poetry works. <laughs> it does. It goes back to the, the dark ages, you it know, does, poetry. It does. It does indeed. And in our, in, in our wrap-up we always talk about our fa- the favourite song. Oh, right. We ask okay. every guest to give us a song. And, of course, we, we know that everybody has more than one favourite song. Good. But yours is? <laughs> is it called Road to California? <laughs> I'm now thinking what's it called. It's a Led Zeppelin song and I think it's called Road to California. Did we that write that? Incre- that's correct. Yeah. No, yeah. going to California. Oh, okay. So let's start that again. You'll edit that out. <laughs> so, yeah, my favourite song, one of my favourite songs is Going to California, Led Zeppelin. Miriam, it's mm. been wonderful. <laughs> Miriam. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank it's you. been wonderful and... Uh, you are the most undepressed 
poet I've ever come across. That is such a lovely And concept. if we had a Leonard Cohen thing yeah, here... We, we would could, finish we off with Leonard finish, Cohen? Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> we could maybe sneak something in somewhere. I think I'll so. find a little spot. I think so. I can send you the, one of the best quotes if you want. Yeah, yeah, do that, please. Yeah, leave it to me. Please. And, <laughs> and, and we'll talk offline about trying to resurrect Float Your Boat. Because, yes. Because you're our second last interview. No, so our I'm last pretty one, sure we can, yeah, yeah. anyway. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Miriam. Miriam, thanks Thank for coming. Thank you for your time. That's Thank been you guys. absolutely enjoyable. Thank you. It and has. come to Poetica. I will. You should. George is going to come. I've got. I will. I, I put a, my poem in the preamble, didn't I, George? You did indeed. And uh, he he found that on the back of a toilet wa- toilet door. It wasn't very good. It was pretty oh, good. Oh, was it on the back of a toilet? You, you never know. Oh, it was pretty good. I tried out. It was just that that one word that you probably yes. Fair enough. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you. Spend my days with a woman and kind Smoke my stuff and drink All my wine Made up my mind a new star Going to California with an aching In my heart Someone told me There's a girl out there With love in her eyes and flowers In her hair On a big jet plane Never let them tell you That we're all, all the same Oh, the sea was red And the sky was grey Wondered how tomorrow Could ever follow today Mountains in the canyon Start to tremble and shake The children of the sun begin Telling myself it's not as hard, hard.